Season 2, Episode 3, Career Episode 85, Peter Klima, off the bench at the Boston Garden. Oh, I'll never forget that. Edmonton wins and goes on to win the 90 Cup without Wayne Gretzky. Were you in the building? Were you in the building scouting? No, I was not in the building. I was like everybody else watching it on TV. I mean, it was it was amazing. I wanted to, I mean, I think Peter Klima had his afternoon nap, his pregame meal, and he played a little bit. Then he didn't play for a long time. Then he went for another nap and had another pre-overtime meal before he was the hero. I got a question for you. Yep. You know, we're seeing now, you know, uh, players having their goal song. What would your goal song be if you were a player? Oh, over the years, it would have changed because yeah, I've turned yeah. a little country now, right? So right now, it might be Country Girl, Luke Bryan, that kind of got me into country. You know, it's a bit older song. There's a song out right now that's called Son of a Sinner, but it's too mellow. It makes you think it's dealing with demons. So I don't want that. It would probably have to be Magic Power from Triumph, Canadian rock band, 70s, Q107, top 10 at 10, all that stuff. So it's magic power. And you know me, I feel inside I've got the magic power. <laughs> I like it. Mine would be, I'm so excited by the Pointer Sisters. Really? Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. I can't it. hide it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the Elvis movie yet? Not yet. Kara, Kara has seen it, loved it. And uh, have you seen it? I saw it because Diane and Jessica saw it in the theater. And then she said, and it's already out on Netflix. Unbelievable. And it almost makes you sad and angry. And like, it gives you a yeah. lot of stuff. I remember the day when Scott Chandler came up to me and said, Elvis is dead. I was a kid. And at that point, I didn't know who he was. I, I didn't have an older brother. And my parents were listening to Macedonian or Greek music. So I was just softly getting into the Beatles, right? And then it started where you start to follow someone after they're gone. It's, it really is incredible. Like it's, 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 it's sad, tragic. It's all those things rolled into one. Yeah. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to a song the other day. I, I just happened to be driving and it was uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, sang, uh, uh, he sang a Johnny Cash song, send my love to Rose, which was about an inmate at San Quentin uh, prison. But Johnny talked, not Johnny, excuse me, Bruce talked about the influence that uh, the Johnny Cash and, you know, ha had on the rock and rollers, you know, and there was, it's, it's fascinating for me to hear, you know, you talk about Elvis, he had a big influence, obviously, you know, uh, the Beatles had a big influence. It's amazing how to see these, so many of the, the artists that were influenced by Presley, Cash, you know, like it, it really, the Beatles, it, 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 it's absolutely amazing uh, to hear uh, them talk with, with reverence about the, uh, about the greats in music. And that works, I call Wayne Gretzky or Lemieux or Sidney Crosby an artist because I believe Wayne is a 61 birth, is 11 in 72, and is watching the Summit Series. And we just went through the 50th anniversary of Henderson, the goal and all that stuff and how it changed the game and, you know, all the great things about the series. But I think Wayne watched a lot of what the Russians were doing. And if he wasn't doing it, he incorporated it. Like a lot of the things they do now, we do now in modern hockey. I mean, the fake shot pass, the why give up the puck, the circle, like Wayne, 
Remember, it was just, if you're a right winger, you go up and down your right wing. If you're a left winger, you go up like that. That was Canadian hockey. It was more grinded out, hit, right? But the crossing and everything else, and and I know that had an effect on Sather and the Winnipeg Jets and the WHA, and he wanted to bring that to Edmonton. And that's just the same thing. Elvis was influenced by the by the poor area that he grew up in, and that's that's what he knew, and that allowed him to be him and the dancing and the music and the rhythm. And I, I think every this what do they say? The six degrees of hockey separation that if you go back from like Joe Malone to Connor McDavid, like six or seven players now have been touched all the generations of hockey. And I, I believe that like I watched Sid now born in 87. So if he was six, that's 93. So he had some Mario love, right? He would have seen Mario at his best. He would have still seen some Wayne, right? And his influence. And I look at Sid now, what a start to the season. The Penguins, now, granted, one was a very good team and one wasn't a good team, but you just cheer for players sometimes. At 35, I don't want to be in a league that doesn't have either Sid in it, Drake, or being really good. Like, I I don't want him to have a 53-point season at 40. And what he's doing right now, I don't know, I'm excited. Aren't you excited by this start? Like, this kind of buzz by six points in two games going into Monday. He had an MVPS season last year, coming back from the hand injury. So, I mean, Sidney Crosby has shown no signs of decline. Zero. We're, and when, and remember, we're talking about elite MVPS uh, performance. So, there, there, there's zero, zero indication in Sidney Crosby's game last year, and certainly not through the beginning of this year, that there's any decline. And But it's inevitable. I mean, every player had, had, has an ending, you know. It's the it, it it's the great semisonic uh, tune closing time. Every new be every 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 new beginning comes every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. That's what happens, and and you know what makes the game makes the game exciting. It makes uh, it gets us excited about the next wave of players, and you know you talk about Sidney Crosby. Well, there's no question Connor Bedard's been watching uh, Sidney Crosby. And, and others. So he he's the next great player to come into the National Hockey League. And I use the word great because I have no doubt he's going to be great. Yeah, I remember Mario wore 66 because it was just 99 upside down, right? Because of Wayne. And then they play together. And then 15 years after the Summit Series, Mario has his magic of scoring more than a goal a game and all the stuff he does. And it's like we're spoiled, but it just, you just keep like, what makes Niagara Falls so special? There's always more water, right? What makes hockey so special? Then the, there'll never be another, and and maybe there'll never be another or Gretzky or Mario. But then there's other others that that make it so exciting. And look, Saturday night we had 14 games. Sunday was zero. I don't make the schedule, but there was 100 goals, and that pushed scoring up again. We've had two shutouts, no shootouts. We got a lot of perfect teams early, like the NFL. Our schedule is a lot bigger, obviously. Whether it's Crosby or Vegas, you know, the teams that have started well. Which one of those storylines gets you going? Did you believe in Vegas now? The Pens are good on paper, but, you know, we don't play these games on paper. So an early look at our first almost 40 games tells well, us. The Pens, well, I'll tell you this. The, the, the Pens are good on the ice. They were good on the ice last year. Let's not let, 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 and they were good the year before. I mean, yeah, they lost in the playoffs and we know, we know what their record has been. It's a good team. I, I think they're a better team. I think they're an improved team based on the moves that Ron Hextall made in the season. 
uh, in the offseason, specifically adding Jeff Petrie and signing Jan Ruta uh, as a free agent. I, I think it's a Stanley Cup contending team. You, you know, if, if you go back and you watch the game Saturday evening, okay, the Tampa Bay Lightning, they've been to the final three years in a row. They're, they're, they're a level below. They're a level below the Penguins. And I felt that coming into the season. And that's a reality. That doesn't mean they can't improve with some additions or some moves. But Julian Brisebois is very, very astute. And he's not afraid to do things. But I've said it last week. I'll continue to say, you can't lose six players of the magnitude of Gord, Goudreau, Coleman, McDonough, Ruta, and Palat and expect to be at the same level. It's impossible. And the Penguins schooled the Tampa Bay Lightning on Saturday. So I'm a believer. I'm a believer in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I believe in their team. And, and so watching them play. I talked about the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I, I think that the ideal coach to go into Vegas was Bruce Cassidy. And I think what Bruce did in Boston, it's all there for everybody to see. He's doing it in Vegas. He's doing it in Vegas. I had no doubt that Vegas was going to rebound this coming season. And you know what? The way, the way they play, they, they play smart. They play, uh, they, they attack. They're not playing back on their heels. And, you know, we can look at the goaltending. Hey, listen, I, I, I don't have any issues. I don't have any issues with Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson. Marty thinks Logan Thompson's better than Robin Leonard. That's fine. I mean, that's, that's what all I know is, is we don't have to worry about it. Oh, because Robin Leonard's not around. So we don't have to worry about comparison. I, I, I'm just making a say I have no issues. I have no issues with either one of those goaltenders with the way they play. However, you're not putting Vegas in the Edmonton Calgary category. Are you putting no. Vegas, are you putting Vegas in the Kings category where those are the four teams in the Pacific? It's whether you think Vegas is three. I, I have Vegas at four, and then we'll play how good the central is and figure it out. I've been impressed. Now it has been LA who's off to a bad start, Chicago and Seattle. It's not Calgary, Edmonton, and take your pick, Florida, right? So strength of schedule in the early season. And I know what you like. You like the structure and the way they're playing. So whoever you're playing, you want to be playing in a way that you think is conducive to winning and setting an early statement, like coach to players. And I see that as well. I don't know if Bill wearing eight is a first line right winger. I, I don't know that. I don't know as they go along, they're going to miss Max Patch already. If Marcius scores like he is now in the third line with Carlson, you know, there's a lot of really, really good teams in this league. There might be 10 cup contenders. And even the bad teams have good players on them. But those teams, the Ducks or Seattle, and even Montreal's got good players. And the defense is a work in progress. For, for Vegas, I just wonder where they will finish and what does it mean? Are they as good as they were in other years when they went to the final or not? Like it's a long season. You can always make moves at the deadline. At least the early returns are very positive. And I'm with you. I've always been a Bruce Cassidy guy. The second, for whatever reason, Boston, David Krejci didn't like him or what? I don't, I don't know. He's too tough on Charlie McAvoy. The second he was gone, you know, when a coach is gone, and then you start, like when Brandon Shanahan went to Hartford, I started the trade from Hartford clock internally. I thought there's no, he's not staying there. And God bless the GM that was going to go get him. The second Bruce Cassidy was let go, I was saying, 
where is he going to end up and how long did it take? Did it take a couple of weeks? That was it. So I'm impressed by that, Mr. Button. So am I. Well, the, I'll give you a great recent example. 2018, the Washington Capitals won the Stanley Cup. Now, let me just tell you what Barry Trotz did in his four years. He came there. He won Coach of the Year. President's Trophy, President's Trophy. They lost to Pittsburgh in those two years. Remember, they lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champion in both those years. And then they won the Stanley Cup. And then they said, oh, we don't need Barry Trotz. And the Washington Capitals have had no success since. None. Better be careful. Be careful what you wish for. You know, years ago, Steve, I'll never forget it. My friend Bob Brown, who was the manager with the Kamloops Blazers, the great Kamloops Blazers team. Memorial Cups, league championship. I mean, he was unbelievable. Developed players, produced stars. All of a sudden, they said, uh, you know what? We're, uh, we're replacing Bob Brown. Uh, we want to go in a different direction. They, they did. They went into a different direction. They became doormats of the league. <laughs> they were, they, at least their press release was accurate. We are going in a different direction, right to the basement. <laughs> Now, was that a GM giving? That was an idiot move. That's all it was. It's not about Bob Brown. It was an idiot move. And I'm telling you, I love Jim Montgomery. Listen, I, I get changing coaches. I'm just giving you a recent history, okay? Barry Trotz, the Washington Capitals have had no success since they made that disastrous decision. Disastrous decision. And they're on their second coach, Peter Laviolette, since the move. And Peter comes with, you know, credibility and a cup and everything else. The other move was more like giving a chance to, I don't know, a friend. Um, not liking Barry getting credit. I'm not, I'm not too sure. Barry is now watching. We thought he was going to be in Winnipeg. Will Barry be in the league next year? Or will Barry be in the league this year? Listen, any team. And, and I'm talking about the, 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 the top teams, the good teams. I mean, whether it's 10 teams or 12 teams or whatever it is. I know this. If you're thinking you're watching your team closely through 10 games, 12 games, 15, whatever it is, and you're looking and you're not liking you got Barry Trotz, not on the back of your mind. You got Barry Trotz in the front of your mind, you know. And, you know, bottom line is, is that for, to, to have that quality of a coach sitting on the sidelines, to, to managers are going to be thinking, listen, we, we need to make a change. There's no question about it. I always say this, the, 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 it's not, it's never easy to replace a coach. I'm, so I don't want that to come across. It's, it's difficult, but, but you get to the first part and go, okay, I think we should change the coach. The more important one, who are we replacing them with? And when Barry Trotz is out there, you can answer that second question very very strongly it's just like when people say the honors are making the playoffs eh, talk to the hand for a moment who are they taking out wow well, you know uh, no i'm saying the honors are getting in i believe they are i think they're going to bump washington speaking of washington you make your predictions and you, and you go from there we get some right we get some wrong and we try to look at you know different analysis same way when a fan says fire the gm why do we hire belichick why do we need this college guy named Lou? Why do we need a fourth line center, uh, Glenn Sather, or whatever? People deserve a chance, right? And then they make or break their opportunity. You know, fire Kyle Dubas, okay, and replace him with, yeah, or, or 
so who? You know, you've got Barry Trotz sitting there. This is different. This is someone that I would say in, I'll, I'll make a bet. In the next 12 months or less, Barry Trotz will be coaching an NHL team. So I'm going to give oh. it that, right? So I, at worst, I'm, the same way I'm going to make a bet that Patrick Kane is not a Blackhawk, the second the trade deadline window closes, he's, he will be traded to somebody. So the Trotz thing is interesting. There feels to be a lot of negativity around Ruff and the Devils early to the season. I don't, I don't know what you're thinking about that. Well, I mean, the bottom line is, is that, you know, they've talked about, you know, taking that next step. All you had to do was read Miles Woods' comments after they lost. I mean, he was disgusted. He said, I don't want to continue to be part of losing. Obviously, you come back and you say, uh, you know, uh, oh, yeah, it's not really what I meant. No, that's what he meant. He's sick and tired of losing. I'll tell you what, I'll sh somebody that's happy with losing is a loser. Okay. Miles Wood, I got no problem with what he said. He doesn't have to walk back anything. He's right. Losing sucks. P players hate losing. So what are you going to do? Oh, yeah, it's okay. P.S. It's okay. You know who else hates losing? People that make a bet. Don't worry. That's why we're here. We're here to help, Mr. Button. We're here to help. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, time now for KB on Ice. An inside look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook, 19-plus play responsibly. Uh, we had some good and some not so good last week. What do you like this week? Well, we're going to go into Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You know, the interesting one for me is Vancouver at the Washington Capitals. You know, on Monday night. You know, Vancouver, you know, they've got out the lead. they got to get their power play going. Eh, the Caps really don't quite impress me, to be honest with you. And I know the Caps are at home. I'm taking the Canucks on the road. But... On Tuesday night, I'm taking the Blue Jackets to win their first game of the season against the road-weary Vancouver Canucks. That's where I'm going on Monday and Tuesday. I don't know if I've got to Wednesday yet, but I will say this. John Tortorella's Philadelphia Flyers, hey, they've worked hard. They ain't beating Florida on Wednesday night in Florida. It's funny all the teams that are 2-0 or the 1-3-0. I look at strength of schedule, and the team that impresses me the most that's 2-0 Beat Colorado and Edmonton. That's a strength of schedule. Guess who Calgary plays this week? They've got Vegas. I'm taking Calgary to go 3-0, and and they spread the scoring around. It's been a very optimistic start. I'm not getting too excited, but it's been a good start for Calgary. Oh, and Florida wins on Wednesday. Matthew Kachuk scores in his third straight game. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook. Log on to SIA.com forward slash cool button pod. That's up. Sign up and deposit today. So much going on in the world of sports. Sports Interaction has it covered. They are Canada's sports book, you know. 19 plus. Please gamble responsibly. You've got a Stanley Cup ring. You've worked with some of the biggest names and had great one-on-one -on -one conversations with Hall of Famers and managers. How do we not overplay? underplay a start how do we absorb what's happened i'll give you an example minnesota ooh you know maybe even la maybe then detroit or vegas like to me as i just said calgary you know if they would have beaten san jose and prague twice i'd look at it differently than beating the oilers in edmonton and beating 
you know, the Stanley Cup champions at home. You know, it's, it's really good. So how do you absorb it and dissect what matters or not when we haven't even played 50 games as a league, Mr. Button? Okay, so, so you're right. So, so, so you, you, you have to go into it with, with an understanding of this. And I think this is fundamentally how you have to look at it. So last year, last season ended, right? So we have a Stanley Cup champion. We have teams that fell short. We have teams that fell far short. So in the offseason and all the time, teams that didn't make the playoffs, they're planning, right? Teams that fall out of the playoffs sooner than they want, they're all planning. Planning, 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 planning. You're thinking about, can this young guy play? Can this guy help us? We see free agent signings, right? So I just talked about the Pittsburgh Penguins. So they signed Jan Ruta. They said, we need, okay, we need Jeff Petrie. So they make a trade. So you've spent all this time examining your team from last year. And, and then you've made all these preparations leading into this year. Coaches are, who am I going to play with who? Because all the teams change. They change significantly. So now we need to understand how does this guy fit in? Are we going to give a younger player a little bit of a look? Are we going to go outside? We saw PTOs. We saw some guys sign. We saw a, a bunch of guys not sign. So now you, you have a, you, you have a, you, you got a plan in place of what you want to see based on all the work you've done. You've done tremendous amount of work in the office and you've had a lot of time to think about it. And now you put it into place. So why is it looking? If you're the New Jersey Devils, it ain't looking so good. It's not looking so good. Bottom line, it is not. So right away now, okay, what do we have to do here in New Jersey? What's happening? You know, Miles Wood comes out with, uh, with his comment, <laughs> right? Okay, that's not good. Bottom, at, 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 when, it all, when it all unfolds now, when the season starts, you better recognize, oh boy, we might have been a little bit uh, optimistic on that plan. Or, you know what, our plan is working and this is nice. And obviously, when you're 3-0 and like the Vegas Golden Knights, when you're 2-0 and like Detroit, when you're 2-0 and like Pittsburgh, it works a lot better. But when you're 0-2 like the Vancouver Canucks and you're 0-3 like the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you know, you're the New Jersey Devils. I'll tell you what, it's a little bit different. And you better get your finger on the pulse of that real quick. Because if you don't, it slips away really fast. You know, there's no, I mean, you've like Steve, we talk about it. But like if we just use 96 points, right? 96 points. I, I know what the math works in this regard. If it's not that means you got to have 14 more wins than losses. So if you're 0-3, that means now you got to get 17 more wins than losses in your remaining schedule. It's hard enough to get 96 points. Now you got to play above that. Better recognize soon because this whole I'm not I don't buy into this American Thanksgiving garbage anymore. Eight, 10 games in, you better you better be showing me. As Ken Holland says, I'm from Missouri, the show me state, and I'm not waiting till Thanksgiving. Ken's from Western Canada, though, right? Vernon, British Columbia. So, listen, for the Devils and Columbuses and some of the other 0-2 start teams, I never believed in them anyway and didn't really believe what they were trying to sell me and what they did in the offseason. So I, I didn't anyway, as, a, as an example. With Minnesota, Marc-Andre Fleury's had two awful – his goals against is six, right? It is terrible. It's not been so, but I, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater going into this show. 
Marco Rossi's not playing in the next game. That's not a good sign because they lost Fiala. And the Kings, I got a, they were one five and one last year, and they did overcome all the hurdles to get the 96 points. So we have to be, and I want to be realistic on not panicking with Minnesota and LA and understand I never really bought into Columbus. I had somebody tell me Columbus was finishing fourth. I said, I'll I'll take that bet. The same person who said I got Jack Hughes at 100 points. I said, I'm taking that bet. I'm taking that bet. If Jack Hughes plays 82 games, he needs to have 1.22 points per game. That's what Sidney Crosby did in 69 games last year. You know what it takes to get 100 points in there? What if Jack Hughes plays 75 games? All of a sudden, he needs to get 1.33 points per game. Something he's never done ever. He's never, last year, he was at 1.14. No, no. Okay. I'll, and that's funny because sometimes when you say, I'll take that bet for $100, people change. I believe Minnesota and LA, Minnesota and LA are better than they've shown. I don't believe in New Jersey and Columbus because I didn't anyway, Craig. Which is fine, but Columbus had lots of hoopla around them. They signed Johnny Goudreau, right? They they signed Patrick Laine. There's lots of hoopla. There's lots of hoopla around there. Well, you're sitting there at 0-3, and, and you, you know, you're Yarmo Kekalainen, and you're going, okay, we you know, are we a playoff team? But 0-3 is not helping us. The Vancouver Canucks, we know that they had an awful start last year. They've had leads in both games. Leads in both games. And then what ends up happening is, you know, they they squander both those leads, both those leads, like good games against like, you know, you're against Edmonton. You got a chance. The power play stinks. The power, like I would say for Bruce, at least you can just look at one thing. Get your power play in order and stop being artists on the power play. You know, shoot the puck, get more effective. You got the offensive weaponry. New Jersey. And, and, and you know what really bothers me about New Jersey? The goaltending. You know, and, and I'll be specific here. Mackenzie Blackwood, I, I don't think he's reliable. I think, I think at some point in time, they have to remove uh, him from their organization. Move him along somewhere else. He can go have success somewhere else. It, it, it's not about capability. His dependability and reliability is on the lower end of the scale. I, I, it's the last thing I can have in a goaltender. Well, they've given him a lot of chances. They've yep. fought through his health situations. Others have said he had to deal with some own things personally about doing everything it takes to be great in the NHL. Mackenzie Weaker said the same thing. He was in the American League, said, thought he was working hard until he realized he, he had to work harder. There was other things he had to do. And there was a belief that you know, Mackenzie Blackwood had realized, oh, I got to, there's more I can do. And he tried to do it. They said he was number one. They got Vitek Vanacek, which I don't know if I would have done that either, Craig. And it has not worked out. And there's a difference between we only need average or a little bit above average goaltending to be successful. There's another thing I just can't get a save. I think the Devils had seven goalies last year. And it kind of nicely segues into if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, for the most part in our league, it's a duck, right? A, a teacher told me once when they used to fail students, they come in with the parents, they say, Johnny's struggling in grade three, teacher goes through all the classes. And then for like a two week period, the F student becomes a pretty intense B minus student. And the teacher says, okay, that was, that's a three game sample size. They had a good week. And then the B minus student turns into what, what they are, the kid that's going to fail grade three because they don't have it. Well, Mackenzie Blackwood, 
It doesn't appear to be the here right now. And the thing about Matt Murray is I know what he's got on his trophy shelf and it's not, nothing's personal here. I hear these guys are great guys. It's not, but Matt Murray's had a history, a recent history of not being healthy. Saturday morning skate gets hurt. What's an adductor injury, Craig? Adductor well, it's, injury. It's in, it's, it's in your, it's, it's in that hip groin area. And you have your adductors, you have your abductors and goaltenders are using them all the time. I mean, that's a, that area of your body for a goaltender has to be, you know, really strong and get, you know, and resilient. And, you know, right now, you know, when you, when you look at the injury, I mean, uh, if I'm Wayne Simmons, Nick Robertson and Victor Mete, you know what, they, they just got, they just got a reprieve from, from being in the minors by getting called up as the long-term injuries are in 2017, when Matt Murray won the Stanley cup, he didn't play until the third round of the playoffs. Remember, he got hurt at the beginning, the playoffs. And so Mark andre Fleury bailed out the Penguins early, and then he was great. And then Matt Murray came in and did his thing, and we're not going to take anything away from Matt Murray. It's a long time ago. You know what? We can keep talking about goaltenders that have done this and that in the past, players that have done this and that. He hasn't done it in five years, okay? And his dependability, don't be surprised if you're a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. Don't be surprised if you're Kyle Dubas because – there should be no surprise when it comes to Matt Murray getting hurt. As my good friend Doug Armstrong has said many, many years ago, the problem with injury-prone players, they tend to get injured. They went so, down a path, Steve. They did the same exact thing last year with Peter Mrazek. You know what the definition of insanity is? Not continuing to do the same things and thinking they're going to change. Go down the path. And I don't care that Kyle Dubas knew Matt Murray from Sault Ste. Marie. I knew Matt Murray from Sault Ste. Marie too. I don't care about what I know. I, what I do know, the reliability factor for Matt Murray is very, very low. I cannot have that in a goaltender. Why would he put his Toronto career on the line and say, if Murray's healthy, it's one thing? That's a big if. We, we talk about people who, I mean, Phil Kessel never gets hurt. Some people get hurt sometimes. Some people get hurt a lot. The options are coming in and you say, I don't like Billy Huso or Marc-Andre Fleury is not leaving or Darcy Kemper's right. Like, would Kemper have been a better fit? You know, does it cost you Justin Hall? Uh, what was the, like, what did it come down to? And why would you go to a casino and kind of push all in with that hand. Like, wouldn't Kemper Samsonov been a better one-two punch for almost really the same type of money? Perhaps I can't speak for Darcy Kemper. I don't know what the I don't I don't know what the what the what the pursuit of goaltenders was. All, all I can deal with is is what I know. And and you know what? Like, like I separate it too. Okay. Like, you know, I hear this, oh, Cal Dubas put his career in jeopardy. Uh, perhaps. I can't speak to that. I do know what he did do, though. He put his team in jeopardy. And a manager's job is to give his team the best chance to be successful. So when you like, and, and that's the same thing I feel about Tommy Fitzgerald in New Jersey. You know what? It's not like we can look at McKenzie. Like, what about the other 22 players? What about what about the other like the twenty two players you talked about? We believe in Matthews and we believe in Marner and we believe in our core. Well, you should. They're good players. They're competitive players. They're top players. 
And then you go and do this? Really? <laughs> yeah, that's what costs you your job. But in the meantime, he's cost the team. So how does he get out of it? Unacceptable. How does he get out of it? Well, like any other manager has to get out of it. Bottom line, manager's job is to find solutions to your problems. Everybody in life has problems, Steve. Successful people find solutions to their problems. And I don't want to hear about the cap. I don't want to hear how hard it is. If it's so hard, we'll get somebody else. Who put them into this spot? Oh, the manager. It's his job to fix it. End of story. You punch a hole in the wall, Steve. Okay, what are you going to do? Turn to Diane and say, come and fix the hole in the wall? <laughs> uh, that ain't going to, uh, I know how that's going to turn out. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of wounds um, in hockey. We'll deal with managers now because they're the 32 that are on the hottest seats. A lot of them I find are self-inflicted, right? Yeah, and, exactly. <laughs> yes, I know. I, I, and I just, uh, I didn't understand then, and I don't understand now. And if I was wrong, and I've been wrong before, Craig, and I'll be wrong again. If Jack Hughes gets to 101 points, I will be the president of the Jack Hughes Bank. I remember, it's not personal because Jack is an unbelievable kid in that family, and he's been and he's on a hell, here. And he's a heck of a player. But like you, you pointed out earlier, Steve, I, you, you made the great point. Just understand what it means. 1.22 points a game. And, and if he doesn't play all those games, he's 21 years of age, okay? He's, a, he's, a, he's an outstanding talent. We know that, okay? He's in his third year in the National Hockey League. Third year, right? And right, third year in the league? Well, fourth sort of, fourth. but he hasn't played he hasn't, he yeah. hasn't played a full season. Right, and, and, yeah. And, 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 well, not full season. But, and, and what I mean is, is that, you, you know, we, we, had, we, we had a pause in a year, then you know. Then we had the, the the mixed year when you're only playing in a within your division, and then last year had the issues. He, he's a young young player with loads of talent, but oh yeah, he'll get a hundred points. Oh, okay, okay. Do you know how many players get a hundred points? I mean, we sit back and go, "Geez, Mitch Marner didn't get a hundred points last year." Like Mitch Marner didn't get a hundred points last year, and Mitch Marner's brilliant. Mitch Marner's the first team All Star right winger. He didn't get a hundred points. <laughs> and he plays on the Leafs with Austin Matthews, and they're insulated by a second line that's got Tavares and Nylander. Jack Hughes yeah. has an injured, had an injured Nico Heischer to start the year, and he's feeling, I know, yeah. I know. And we're just trying to be logical, like the super tramp. I'm trying to be logical to come up and saying, that's why, and it's probably going to be our final thought, why Steve Eiserman's logic in life about being logical, about building the lightning, and then about going back to Detroit and, and passing the lightning in a very good position to Julian Brisebois and taking over and using logic to bring in Andrew Kopp uh, and using logic to deal with Billy Huso, the way he'll use logic to deal with, with Dylan Larkin and, the, you know, David Perron, David Cougar. There's a lot of moves here. And I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but he's passing things on to make the younger players. David Perron's going to help you name the younger players, you know, that we've seen on Detroit. And that will be passed along experience that he probably received when he was in 83, 84, 85, when the wings finally kind of got good, not good enough to beat the Oilers. So I just say this sometimes. And I was, you know, my dad said before, and I, it was used to me when I was younger, would Steve Eisenman or Joe Sackick do or say that? And I say, dad, I probably, I don't do anything that they would do. Like they, you make, I would never speak that because they wouldn't do they wouldn't do some of the stupid things that I would do. But I would say this. What if Steve Eisenman done some of the things we said if he was in New Jersey or Toronto? 
not that he's the be all and end all and he hasn't officially won a cup as the general manager, right? That he was in charge of. So I sit there and say, logic wouldn't dictate certain moves that we've seen. And I think I see the logic in the several moves he has made and how he handles younger players. Like, would he have an 18-year-old green tomato, you know, up in Seattle? Like, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm on the logical train here, Mr. Button. No, you're not. Listen, I, I, I want to just quickly go back. You know, like, did the, the, the uh, you remember when the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs had Jonathan Bernay? Another. Another, like, I mean, like, th th this isn't the first, this isn't the first time down this path for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the reason I bring up Jonathan Bernier is because it segues into my con to my talk on Eiserman. So Eiserman had Bernier and he said, not, not reliable. Go Listen, you, you can have all the talent in the world. It's not working here. I need something different. Doesn't mean you're a bad person because they're not, we're not talking about bad people here. We're just, we need, we need a level of reliability and dependability. Billy Husso comes in. The advisor man identifies Billy Husso. He says, we really need this because I got Sebastian Kosa, who's two years away at least. So I'm just going to park him away, right? Then, you know, he's got a good young team there, the good young prospects. I mean, they got, they got an outstanding prospect pool. Mo Sider comes over. Well, he was all 20. He played a year in the American Hockey League, and then he comes in, wins Rookie of the Year. What does Steve go and do? Husso, Ben Sherratt, Andrew Kopp. David Perron. You know what he did? He raised the competitive level of his veteran group to help his younger group to understand this is what it takes. This is what it's all about. This is how we're going to go about our business. Because for our young players to grow, I need these older players. And that's exactly what he's done. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a much better team. They're going to be a much improved team. And their future is exceptionally bright, Steve. Exceptionally bright. And we talk about these other teams with windows, right? Your window isn't open if you got unreliable goaltending. Your window isn't open because you never know when it's going to go and, and, and when it's going to leave you. And that, to me, is the Toronto Maple Leafs right now. Can Samsonov do it? I like Samsonov. We're going to see. They've gone down this path too, too many times. Yep. And if you go back in previous episodes as we're – Almost wrapping up the Peter Klima episode, we said the same thing before about reliability and the Kemper Samsonov one two. If that was in front of you or who so, then and other options, uh, I can't believe that this was the only one or the last one. And I guess as we're ready to say goodbye, you imagine having a team like this and only because you're connected to them and you look behind and the goalie is a 36 year old at Belfort. Or a freshly signed Curtis Joseph, like you, you met when you talk about being here, and then going there. You, you just mentioned those veterans that Steve Eisman brought in. If you're Larkin and Bertuzzi, you went from here mentally to here. Wow, this it's all of a sudden, you know, things have changed. You know, you come home and your mom says, "No more craft dinner and cereal. Dad got promoted." It's chicken and steak and whoa, things have changed around here. But, you know, that's what happened in Detroit. And now what's happened here. I mean, it is a small one. So we're going to we're going to proceed with caution. But this small sample size of where some of these teams are and the self-inflicted wounds will be our uh, it'll be a, a thesis, right? It'll be part of our essay, right? Mr. Button moving forward, won't it? 
It will be every year. And I, I talked about the planning that goes into the off season. Just because you plan doesn't mean you plan properly. Love it. Love it. There's the music. Been a fun start to the year. 100 goals on Saturday night. 100 goals in 14 games, 7.14. So I think easy math to understand, right, Craig? The easy. Oh, you're singing your song? Here we go. I'm so excited. And I just can't hide it. <laughs> I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. See ya. <laughs>